The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Hello and welcome to Engaging Truth. I am your host, Bill Pruitt, and with me today are uh, the Reverend Steve Weishman, uh, pastor at Trinity Lutheran uh, in Rosenberg, and his wife, Jamie, and together they are Breathe Life Ministries, uh, who are a... Uh, a support organization uh, helping other clergy and other uh, other church workers who find themselves uh, in need of a little bit of counseling for the counselor, if you will. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be with you today. Good. Thank you very much for. Could you uh, start by telling us a little bit about uh, your your journey together, uh, the, your marriage, and uh, and your your partnership, and and how that got you into Breathe Life Ministries. Well, we've been married for 25 years. We've got four kids, one of which still lives at home, although one just moved back. And um, Breathe Life Ministries was really birthed out of right in the middle of our marriage. Um, probably the best way to say it is a kind of burning out in ministry, uh, driving down I-10 in Houston and thinking, it sure would be nice to just have some time in a hospital to take a break. And I thought, hmm, that probably means I need a change. And so out of that, of just taking time and waiting on the Lord and saying, what, what do you have for us? He birthed in us uh, a desire to do exactly what he did for us, which was refresh us and meet us in that low place and um, show us a way, show us a way through. He really blew our minds, actually, because we were, we were tired. We were thinking we didn't have very many options in front of us. And at that time, we, as we were praying, we felt led in an option that we didn't think like we would have never, nobody would have counseled us in this option, but we ended up selling our house and getting rid of all our stuff and going on a nine month trust adventure where we were waiting on the Lord for what was next. And he really refreshed us during that time, um, helping us to see our lives more than valued for what we produce, but really just delighting in the Lord, letting him lead us, refresh us. And it just seemed there was more time than we thought there was. So I imagine that that's the kind of a a, a faith journey that could have add a little bit of a strain to a to a marriage. Uh, <laughs> I noticed that, that one of the things that you do on your on your website is you is you do a blog that uh, that people um, can follow and listen to. Um, what do you find most uh, entertaining and, and most valuable about that? Uh, the the blog that's on our website on breathelifetoday.com grew out of a blog that we did called dropnets.com, which was when we went on our trust adventure. And really it started with somebody saying, how do we keep up with you if you don't have a home? How do we know what's going on in your life? Would you do a blog? And so we did. And I think as we talked before the program, it's pretty raw. Uh, it kind of lets people in to the messy process. I think a lot of people write things that's kind of a finished process, like after they've gotten 75% through the hard stuff. And we wrote most of that right in the middle of it. And what we found, I think the thing that was rewarding was it started to open up conversations with other Christian leaders who were feeling some of the same things, 
but hadn't found somebody else who they felt like was going through what they were. So they felt alone. And so the most rewarding part was it opened up conversations with people who needed help and actually started to help them find help. And we just did it together, um, just talking with each other and leading each other to the feet of the Lord. And so that's what I love about the blog. We haven't blogged as much like that in recent years, but we do feel the call to kind of return to that. So. One of the things that you talked about in your, uh, that we talked about earlier in, in your in your website itself and what your ministry offers, can you talk a little bit about what it is that you do offer to people that, that need your services or find themselves looking for, for this kind of help? Sure. Uh, what we find when we're in Christian leadership is often we're, we're giving the gifts of God to the people, but we don't have as, we don't often have a place to go for our own things where we need to be really honest or we're wrestling or struggling with a thing. It, it's not always appropriate to do those that in our congregations. So we like to offer um, leaders a place where they can go and not be in charge um, to, to share what's really going on with a trusted gospel voice, somebody who's listening to their story, who cares, who loves. Um, so they get to share honestly. And then we, we really do, the main part of what we do is return them to the Lord then, which, which returns them to the promises, to the feet of Jesus. It refreshes them. They become really connected to some of the gospel promises that might've gotten a little dry because life got hard. So, um, yeah, so that's what we, that's mainly what we get to do. Yeah. Sort of like refreshing a marriage with a renewal of vows. It sounds mm -hmm. like to, to use yeah. the term. you've got, you've got a person who's, and I think one of the things that, that happens to, to, to clergy as they reach a certain point is they spend so much of their time reaching outward to others that they really don't know how to seek the counsel that they offer others for themselves. And I think that's probably one of the things that your, your ministry offers. I noticed one of the concepts is sacred space that you talked about. Can mm. you talk a little bit about that? Describe that, that process for us. Yeah, uh, one of the words we use a lot is cultivating sacred space because it's it's a, it's definitely a partnership with the Holy Spirit. Um, part of it is is backing off pressure. I, I think a lot of leaders, it's when they when they get to a place where they really need help, they feel trapped. They feel like there's not a lot of options, and so when you can back off space, back off the pressure, it gives space for them to then actually notice what's going on in their lives instead of pretending like things are better. Or just working hard. I think a lot of us, we solve a lot of our problems by just doing good work. Um, but when we have a problem that only the Lord can solve, we need space to actually notice it. And so the, a lot of what we do is back off the pressure so that they can share and really notice what are the dashboard lights that are blinking in my life that I need to, I need help with. I need a mechanic to actually look at this, you know? And, um, and so we give them that space, but then we, as Jamie said, the, the real important step is that the Lord has to show up. And so then we help them say back whatever they've, they've been, they feel like they're now safe to actually say, I'm angry or I'm really sad. And I can't, I don't have a lot of energy because I've just so much grief piled up in my life. Then we go to the Lord with it and we seek the Lord and just listen for, for the Lord's voice in scripture in prayer and time together in, in prayer and just listen for what the Lord has. And, and I will tell you without a doubt, every time we do this, the Lord comes to people. And oftentimes their situation doesn't change yet, but he starts to change their heart about it. And he actually gives them practical ways 
to start to walk again. Sort of a spiritual relief valve, if you will, to sort of let that oh, yeah. pressure, almost like a like a pressure cooker, where you let a little bit of the steam out and you find a way to um, so sort of depressurize the situation so that they can people can think more clearly and seek better solutions through the Lord and allow that presence to seek in there, seep in there with them. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, other other uh, concepts that you provide for for people through your ministry that the, you think would be valuable to talk about. So one of the things that ends up happening when we've been um, uh, in the church or in Christian circles for a long time is we start to know a lot of things that we should be doing, but we really aren't. Um, and so the guilt can pile up. I should be nicer. I should be more patient. I should be praying more generous. More generous. <laughs> I should be praying more. Um, I should be uh, more patient with my children. I should have a date night regularly. And so all these things end up becoming, all these good things end up becoming a burden of the law on our shoulders. And so we end up taking all these good things and then laying them before the Lord again, because we feel guilty. Um, so one of the things I like that he does is he's so patient with us. His love is is so kind and tender, and it's also empowering. So um, like Steve said earlier, a removing of the pressure. Oh, yeah, those are all a lot of good things to do, and we don't have to do them all at the same time. And so even the forgiveness and the kindness and the game plan for, okay, what's one thing we can do this week? So breaking big things down into smaller things so that they're manageable and people feel successful and loved is another thing that's really valuable. And I would say one other thing that we do is we get to, we just got back from doing this is rather than just working with individuals or couples, which is most of what we do, every now and then we also work with staff. So we went and did a two-day prayer retreat, guided prayer retreat with a church staff in Knoxville, Tennessee this last week. And it was it was just fantastic. It was so much fun. 10 people in the room uh, along with us, the 12 all together, and just watching God just love each individual, but then also love that whole team. And so um, just a great way to help a team come together and be empowered by God, both as individuals, but as a team. Jamie, your background, from what I understand, is you are a, a, a licensed counselor as well as, uh, as your background in, in the church, that sort of stuff. And so I think that, that's valuable as well. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm actually not a licensed counselor. I'm a trained, um, I'm a, what is it that I have? A certified. A, yeah, she, she's got a certificate for Christian counseling, but not a, a licensing counseling. Mm -hmm. So, which gives me a lot of flexibility actually to work with people in different states and, um, to be, to be really biblical central. And, um, yeah, so I, I like the flexibility. I'm thankful for the training and I like the flexibility. Um, most of your, you mentioned groups and, and individuals and, and couples. Um, what would you say is your, your typical um, client, uh, if, if you will, for, for your ministry? A uh, typical client is, well, there's probably not a typical, but definitely the, the high majority of people we meet with are actually on staff at churches. Though we are definitely open to Christian leaders who are like lay leaders who take you know, people who are doing their Christian leadership actually out in the world, things like that. But most of our clients are church workers or spouses of church workers. And that's really important to us because that relationship of husband and wife is so huge in ministry. And oftentimes 
just the way the structures of our churches are set up, and this is even true outside of Lutheran churches, we work with people across denominations, is that the spouse oftentimes feels like the things that might be available for their their husband or wife who works for the church is not available to them. And so we love to do stuff with couples and then split up and I'll do stuff with the men and Jamie with the women. Though I would say Jamie's counseling background, it helps with her counseling studies would help with either. Um, but that's our typical one, church worker and spouse, and then together some, and then also separate uh, individually. They're often at some point of transition where they have a question or they're stuck or they've been through something really challenging. Yes. Um, so, and often they're just trying to figure out what to do next and they don't know what to do. We're going to hold on to that thought. When we come back, I'm just going to break, take a quick break here and talk about engaging truth. And then we'll come back and discuss um, what what's important, uh, what you think are, is important factors for a, for a Christian marriage. Engaging truth is a production of Evangelical Life Ministries, a not-for-profit corporation based in Cypress, Texas. All our on-air hosts are uncompensated volunteers, and our programming is supported by listeners and donors. To contact us, you can send us a note at P.O. Box 568, Cypress, Texas 77410. Find us on the internet at www.elmhouston.org or on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Our podcasts are also available by searching for Engaging Truth wherever you get your podcasts. Back to uh, the Reverend Steve Wishman and his wife, Jamie, who are together, Breathe Life Ministries. And, uh, and we're talking a little bit about, um, about Christian marriages and relationships and, uh, and their counseling for, um, for clergy and spouses, which I think is a very valuable thing. Often when a pastor gets a, a call to a church, especially in Lutheran denominations, it's sort of assumed that the wife is going to be sort of a carry along uh, with them as well. And, and a lot of times uh, that is, uh, is, is a, a, a difficult balance to make in a, in a, in a relationship, in a, in a marriage. Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. <laughs> I'll speak to that because being a pastor, <laughs> being a pastor's wife um, is its own kind of special ball of wax um, that that doesn't get talked about a lot um, because there really is no typical pastor's wife, though we all feel like there's one in our head that we should be. Um, so we're often, we often get to hear about a lot of the things that go on, but we don't have a voice to do a lot about it. So the burdens of our husband's ministry can pile up on a, on a wife a lot. So I really love getting to work with pastor's wives um, or spouses of church workers, because I think those that group of people is very underserved and very undernoticed. Um, they're watched a lot, but they don't have a place where they can really be um, really themselves. Yeah, I, th I think it'd be a very frustrating situation to be in a, 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 a pastor's spouse in a situation where there was uh, anxiety or conflict within the congregation yeah. itself and to be an outside observer and not, not be able to, to participate in some of that, that sort of stuff. So I imagine that you run into those, those kinds of situations as, as well. Um, is that something that you, uh, you see on a regular basis and, uh, and, needs the kind of counseling that, that Jamie offers? <laughs> yes. For sure. Yes. I'll just say we, we even had one recently who shared back with us that um, because of the time we spent quite a bit of time with this couple and she would say that her faith life and her marriage were saved through 
the multiple times that we met with them because of walking through conflict in church alongside her husband. And she, God just met her and totally loved her through that. And I think she's on a path even towards like forgiveness in her heart towards other people um, and even back in ministry uh, alongside her husband again. And, and I think that's huge. And I don't think you get that without God coming in and redeeming and forgiving and, and really being in the middle of the mess. And does that, how, how often or what, what sort of percentage would you say of conflict that arises between pastors and their spouses are caused by that sort of friction and that sort of pressure? I don't know that I can put a percentage on it, but I will tell you that the, the people we have served, what you see is, that this is real typical. So the wife has a lot of hurt and pain, doesn't feel like she can speak to it publicly or with anybody, really. She's trying to find someone to do that with. And she doesn't want to, she's like, I know my husband wants to be a pastor, like still, even after the pain he's gone through. But, um, th so I don't want to do anything to cause him to not follow his calling, but I also feel like I need a break. I need a break from being in that role. Like, I don't want to just go to the next place. And so that that is very typical. And so then that becomes a point of, uh, I would say conversation and can easily turn into conflict because oftentimes the guy feels like, well, I have to take the next call. I have to put food on the table. I have to provide. And so they go immediately to the next thing. And the wife is like still hurting from the previous one that never got dealt with or talked about. How important was your faith journey that you talk about in allowing you to realize that those kinds of situations exist, mitigate that in your own message and reach out to help others? Well, I'll start this one first is I wouldn't put that any verb in the past tense on that. <laughs> I would say it's, it's an ongoing process. And, and then taking a call just a year ago back into ministry, I had not been in a called position in like seven or eight years. I had helped at churches, but not in that capacity. And so we're living that again. Um, it's, I think it's an ongoing process and it's huge. Um, it's definitely it, what we live is what we are sharing with people. And really it, it, it comes down to time with the Lord, um, which I will tell you has been uh, a whole new experience of being back in called ministry while also continuing to do breathe life um, and has put pressure on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I need I need other people speaking into my life and helping me show up with the Lord honestly. But at least you have you can say been there and done that when you're talking to other people under those situations. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a I think that's a very valuable place to be given your uh, given your situation. Definitely. Um, I want to take a minute. One of the things I asked you to ponder uh, when we started talking about this is give me three or four, the three or four most important things you think are, are, are the best factors for a successful Christian marriage. You want to go first? You can go first. I want to go first. All right. I, I put, I wrote down three things. Um, the, the, and I'll just kind of give them to you quickly. And if we want to unpack them a little bit, we can, but the first was to become a noticer of my own heart. And that's actually a big part of our ministry. But I think I had grown up without um, knowing how to do that exactly, especially about things that were hard. So one, I had to learn how to notice what's really going on in me. Um, secondly, 
how do I submit that? If you think of Ephesians 5 of submit to one another, um, and that that's actually a picture of marriage is actually a picture of what Jesus is to his bride, the church. Um, then I have to learn how to submit what I notice um, to the Lord. And that if I'm doing that, I, I would, I think she without a doubt would say, if I'm really noticing the condition of my heart and submitting that to the Lord in prayer and in a process with him, she loves, she's like, he's, Steve's awesome <laughs> when he's doing that. When I'm not doing those things, um, yeah, that, but we probably are a little rockier. <laughs> so those, those two, those are my two big ones. A third one that I would throw out is, is adventure, like the real kind, like faith adventure, um, where if we're doing those first two things, when the Lord prompts our hearts to do something like Abraham, like go to a land I will show you, or like the disciples drop your nets and follow me, we're actually attentive to it and we do it and we get to live the adventure of faith rather than just kind of a mundane life um, that's just kind of made by me doing what's expected of people to do in America in 2024. So, Jamie, your turn. Yes. Yeah, so, um, some of the things that we have discovered in our, um, and especially the last 10 years of our marriage, is that love endures. And um, we had 19 really fabulous years of marriage where, where all the problems seemed solvable. And then we had um, about six or seven, well, six or so years of marriage that were really hard, where something happened to us that, that just made it hard for us to overcome things. And so what we found during that is sometimes your challenges are beyond your resources to overcome them. So we learned to reach out. And reaching out wasn't didn't always go like we wanted it to be to go, which would make us want to quit. And then we'd have to reach out again. So I would say if you're in a bit where it's beyond your ability, reach out. And if it doesn't go well, reach out again, mm -hmm. uh, because it is a process and it sometimes takes a while. But I found that the love of God endures. And so when we when we lean on his love, then we see love that endures that we can um, we can walk out in our own marriage yeah. in in different ways because he is a great guy but he's not God <laughs> and that was really surprising to me to discover that um, because he is really good at meeting a lot of my needs but but sometimes even in marriage we get lonely or we get disappointed so um, discovering the God who also is my bridegroom. Um, has really taken a lot of pressure off of him, <laughs> off of Steve, <laughs> to be my, <laughs> Steve doesn't have to be God, and that's good for my marriage. Right. Well, guys, we've, we've pretty much exhausted our 24 minutes here. So thank you very much for the wonderful insight. Uh, Steve, if you could take a couple of seconds, please, and just close us with prayer. Uh, we'd really, really appreciate that. Uh, let, let, me, uh, let me quickly give people the address. It's breathelifetoday.com is the website for your ministry. And uh, Stephen, would you close, close this please in prayer? Yes, it's my pleasure. Father in heaven, we thank you for your great love to us in Jesus and the pouring out of your spirit upon us. And we pray for marriages all across our land, Lord, that you would draw people into yourself and heal our hearts in your presence. And as you do, then strengthen the love between husbands and wives, between parents and children, that our families would be outposts of grace uh, where your presence thrives. Uh, 
Thank you for being a God that endures and perseveres in love um, and models for that, that for us in our, in our relationships. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for never giving up on us. Um, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Engaging Truth with Steve and Jamie Wishman. Thank you and good night. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.